Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to help other witches find me. Don't forget, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me round the cauldron. What's up, witches? It's Megan. Welcome. Today, I want to rediscuss, I guess, a topic that I've talked about on YouTube before. Um, it is a pretty old video, so I'm going to redo it. And also, it's never been a podcast episode, so I want everyone to be able to hear what I have to say about this particular subject. And we're going to be talking about religion at work. Before we do that, I have two announcements. The first announcement is that I hit 200 subscribers on YouTube, which means it's time for a giveaway. I haven't decided what I'm going to give away yet. It's probably, I don't know, I, I have options and I want to make sure that what I have to give away is something that everyone is interested in. So I have personalized guided meditations, customized goddess dolls, uh, customized meditation shawls, customized altar cloths, like whatever it is that you would like to have an opportunity to win, let me know. You can either leave it in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube, or if you're listening to the podcast, you can send me a message on Facebook and Twitter, not on Instagram yet, because that leads me into my second announcement. I accidentally deleted my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was trying to delete an old account that I have, like, I don't use anymore. And when I hit the button to delete Instagram, it had me type in my password and go from there. Well, when I clicked the link to delete my Instagram, it defaulted back to my main account instead of the one that I was trying to delete. So. Round the Cauldron is not on Instagram anymore for the time being. Um, I don't know, maybe by the time you're listening or watching to this, I will have gotten it back. Um, I think I can get, I think I can get it back. I'm not sure. I'm still waiting for them to let me know if there's a process for me to get it back. Um, but we all know how Facebook and Instagram's customer services. So we will see. If I have to start from scratch, then I have to start from scratch and we can just do it again. So um, if you are following me on Instagram and you have other options like Facebook and Twitter, I do recommend following me there, especially for the time being, at least until I can get Instagram back up and running or restarted, whichever one I have to do. So those are the two announcements. Again, um, giveaway is going to be going on. I don't have a specific date for when that's going to start, and I don't even know what I'm giving away yet. So if you have ideas for something that you want me to give away, leave it in the comments below. Podcast listeners, you can go to the show notes page for this episode and leave comments there. Or like I said, you can reach out to me through Facebook, Twitter, or even email. So as I said, I've covered this topic before on YouTube. It's an older video that I called Wicca at Work back when Round the Cauldron was still heavily focused on Wicca. 
However, the quality of the video wasn't that great because I was just starting out and I have an opportunity to redo the video and the podcast um, because it wasn't something that made it to the podcast. So I want everybody to be able to hear the information um, about the laws and guidelines and stuff that are in place for those of us who go to a physical job or who do work with other people, whether it be clients or customer service or anything like that. I do need to make mention that most of the information in this particular video and podcast episode is going to be heavily focused on the United States. This is because that's where I live and that's what I'm familiar with. I will attempt to cover different um, laws and options available to you if you're in the UK or if you're in Australia. However, please keep in mind that this is just based off of my research into the laws of those areas and you should always consult a legal professional. That leads me into my disclaimer. This video may contain information from legal and or government sources. It is for information purposes only. I am not a lawyer or attorney and do not claim to have any expertise on the laws or legal aspect of said laws beyond my own research. The sources in this video pertain mostly to the United States of America and may not apply in other countries. If you are in need of legal counsel, please seek the advice of a professional like a lawyer, attorney, etc. So there are a few reasons that I want to cover this topic. The first one is that we should be free to express ourselves and express who we are in every aspect of our life. We should be free to be ourselves. This includes being yourself at work, being yourself at home or out in public. Specifically today, I'm going to focus on work. I know many of us um, have corporate jobs or jobs where we do have to interact with the public. I no longer have to do that in that aspect. Um, now what I do is essentially this. So I am who I am anyway. But for those of you watching or listening who do have a, uh, I'll call it a contemporary quote unquote job that you have to go to, uh, this is, this is going to include the legal protections that you have when it comes to your freedom of religion and expression of that religion while you're at work. So along the lines of being ourselves, we also don't want to have to hide who we are. I mean, those go hand in hand, but we don't want to we don't want to have to hide a large part of ourselves because for most pagans and wiccans, which is I'm just going to say pagans from here on out. Um but this applies to anyone. Anyone regardless of your faith, okay? We don't we we shouldn't have to hide who we are, especially when those parts of us are large parts of us. Um, for me, for example, this is what I do. This is who I am. And this is, I live my life every day through my faith and my spirituality and my religion. It is part of who I am. And if I were to go back and have to get a job where I worked in an office again, I wouldn't want to have to hide myself and hide this large part of me. And then the final reason for covering this topic 
is that I believe you need to be aware of the legal protections that are available to you. Um, like I said, this is going to focus mainly on the United States, but in most, not most, in many other countries and areas, the protections for religion are very similar um, as far as I've seen in my research. But I think it's very important for you to know that there are legal protections out there for many of us in terms of religion and how we present ourselves in that aspect. So that could mean uh, jewelry is a really popular um, topic of conversation in this subject, um, religious garments. Now there aren't any specific, as far as I know, there aren't any specific um, garments within pagan faiths that are universal, but that doesn't mean that you can't have um, a garment that is specific to your particular religious path. But there are legal protections in place for those options, so I want to talk about those today. So since I'm in the United States, the bulk of this episode is going to focus mainly on laws and regulations in the United States for protecting religious freedom. And the very first thing that everyone in the United States should know about is your First Amendment right in the Bill of Rights. So within the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment states that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Oh, I, I should mention that just like every other time, any sources that I have are going to be linked in the description and in the show notes. I'm not going to bother listing them out because that's just too much. Everything that I'm referencing will be in the description and in the show notes. So that is exactly what the First Amendment says in the Bill of Rights for the United States Constitution. The entire First Amendment doesn't apply to what I have to speak about today, so we're just going to talk about that first chunk of text. So we're just going to talk about where it says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So that's two things in one. The first one is Congress shall make no law respecting um, an establishment of religion. So that basically means that the United States Congress and the president and um, senators and governors and even all the way down to mayors, um, they cannot make any laws that recognize one particular religion or belief system over another. So they, they cannot deem a religion the official religion of like Oregon or of the, of the United States as a whole. They also cannot give special privileges um, to particular religions over any other one. So they cannot give Christians this, like, this random privilege and then not give it to everyone else. That would be a violation of our First Amendment right in the Bill of Rights. The second part of the First Amendment says that they cannot prohibit the free exercise thereof. So 
That means that the government in the United States cannot prevent you from practicing your religion, whatever that means to you. And that's important because as a country, the United States mostly consists of people who practice Abrahamic faiths. So it consists mostly of people who practice some form of Christianity, Catholicism, Judaism, um, Islam. Those are the more well-known religious faiths in the United States. And that's going to be important when we talk about the different protections that you have as someone who lives in the United States and practices a, uh, oh, I don't want to call it a fringe religion, uh, practices a, practices an uncommon religion. We'll go with that one. Something that's not well known or whatever. Uh, but that part's going to become important in just a little bit when we talk about the different things that protect us at the workplace. So here in the United States, we have something called the EEOC, the EEOC, which stands for Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Now the EEOC uh, protects our right to practice religion freely and to not be discriminated against by our employers. Now there are a lot of different protections that the EEOC gives us and the EEOC is a federal agency as far as I'm aware. The practices and the guidelines well, I wouldn't call them guidelines, they are laws. But essentially what the EEOC says goes when it comes to employers in the United States. So first I wanna describe what the, EEO, what the EEOC defines as religious discrimination. They say that religious discrimination involves treating a person, which in this case would be an applicant or an employee, unfavorably because of his or her religious beliefs. The law protects not only people who belong to traditional organized religions, such as Buddhism, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, and Judaism, but also others who have sincerely held beliefs, or but others who have sincerely held religious, ethical, or moral beliefs. So that is the part right there that protects paganism in the same way that it protects Christianity, because paganism is, as we know, it's an umbrella term that covers a lot of different religious beliefs and it's not organized. So this part right here in the EEOC says that it protects those of organized religions, but also those of not organized religions. They say that religious discrimination can also involve treating someone differently because that person is married to or associated with an individual of a particular religion. So your boss could not come to you and say, oh, your husband is a witch. Like, I'm going to fire you. You're fired. They can't do that. They also can't treat you differently in any other manner. And we'll get to that too. The law forbids discrimination when it comes to any aspect of employment. Literally anything having to do with your job, the law forbids discrimination. And this includes, according to the EEOC, hiring, firing, pay, job assignments, promotions, layoff, training, fringe benefits, and any other term or condition of employment. Literally anything that has to do with your job, can, you cannot be discriminated against because of your faith. You cannot be promoted or demoted based on your faith. You cannot be docked pay based on your faith. 
you cannot be laid off because of your faith. And this includes when things come down to one person over another. Now, just because it happens, just because you are laid off and you happen to be a pagan, doesn't mean you were laid off because you were pagan. So you need to keep that in mind as well. Um, sometimes there are extenuating circumstances. So again, according to the EEOC, it is illegal to harass a person because of his or her religion. So first we talked about discrimination. So according to the EEOC, discrimination and harassment are both illegal. And again, this just covers the United States. You would have to look up the laws in your area um, in order to know what applies to you. But the EEOC defines harassment as offensive remarks about a person's religious practices or beliefs. Now, they do say that the law doesn't prohibit teasing, uh, simple teasing, they call it, offhand comments or isolated incidents that aren't very serious. Harassment is illegal when it is so frequent or severe that it creates a hostile or offensive work environment or when it results in an adverse employment decision, such as the victim being fired or demoted. The harasser can be the victim's supervisor, a supervisor in another area, a coworker, or someone who is not an employee of the employer, such as a client or a customer. Now that's a lot to unpack. Um, so the EEOC doesn't deem um, random offhand comments as harassment. So like a one-time comment or a one-time snide remark. Yeah, it might be irritating and frustrating that it's happening, but that is an isolated incident that can normally just be brushed off. Harassment is when it happens over and over again and it makes you uncomfortable and it creates an unwelcoming environment for you because of the actions of the people around you. And like they say, this can be from an employer, it can be from your supervisor, um, the harassment can come from coworkers, but it can also come from people that you have to come into contact with, which include customers and clients. And that's something to keep in mind, that just because the person that's harassing you isn't technically an employee of your supervisor, doesn't mean that the harassment that they're partaking in isn't illegal. Now, Title Seven. um, in the EEOC prohibits workplace segregation based on religion. So this means that they cannot separate you from your coworkers for any reason um, that has to do with your religion. Now, the, the one thing that would come to my mind would be religious garments and actual or feared customer reactions or customer preferences. So I used to work retail and there were times when I would wear my pinnacle and then there were times when I just wouldn't. And a lot of it came down to fear of what my, what the customers would say. I was never afraid of my employer, but when you're in a retail position and you encounter a customer who makes a snide comment to you or who keeps pestering you about a piece of clothing that you're wearing or a piece of jewelry that you're wearing because they don't like it or they don't understand it or I've been called a Satanist before for wearing a pentacle so I mean there the employer cannot move you in your job to take away the 
customer interaction, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So if I were to be working on a register and I was just as good as anybody else, but I was wearing a pentacle, um, my supervisor could not remove me from my position at the register based solely on the preferences or the, the fears of other customers because of what I'm wearing. I hope that made sense. So the next thing that we're gonna talk about for the EEOC is the requirements of employers to accommodate uh, religious beliefs. And there are two sides to this because on the one hand, employers are legally required to accommodate any religious belief um, and aspects of that belief. So uh, jewelry, head coverings, uh, days off, uh, time off needed like for specific parts of the day or anything like that. So anything that has to do with a particular faith, your employer is legally required to accommodate that. There's another side to it though where they don't have to accommodate you if they can prove that, accom that accommodating you um, with whatever you're asking for would cause an undue burden or undue hardship on the company or the employer. So I want to read it to you directly from the EEOC. The law requires an employer or other covered entity. Um, there are other things out there regarding covered entities and stuff. Um, to reasonably accommodate an employee's religious beliefs or practices unless doing so would cause more than a minimal burden on the operations of the employer's business. This means an employer may be required to make reasonable adjustments to the work environment that will allow an employee to practice his or her religion. Examples of some common religious accommodations include flexible scheduling, voluntary shift substitutions or swaps, job reassignments, and modifications to workplace policies or practices. Unless it would be an undue hardship on the employer's operation of its business, an employer must reasonably accommodate an employee's religious beliefs or practices. This applies not only to schedule changes or leave for religious observances, but also to such things as dress or grooming practices that, employee, that an employee has for religious reasons. Again, that seems like a lot. This basically means that if you go to your boss and you say, hey boss, I need to take May 1st off for religious reasons. Unless they can prove that it's an undue hardship, which we'll talk about in a second, they are legally required to accommodate your request. Now, this doesn't mean that they are legally required to pay you for your time off. Um, it just means that they are required to say, okay, you can have May 1st off. Now, obviously, just because they're required to accommodate you doesn't mean that you shouldn't still show common courtesy. So if you know you're going to be taking May 1st off for Beltane, then you should at least give them notice uh, as far in advance as possible. That's just common courtesy and it's a good practice to have regardless of where you live or who you're working for. Now, in terms of what the EEOC deems an undue hardship, they say an employer does not have to accommodate an employee's religious beliefs or practices if doing so would cause undue hardship to the employer. An accommodation may cause undue hardship if it is costly, compromises workplace safety, decreases workplace efficiency, infringes on the rights of other employees, or requires other employees to do more than their share of potentially hazardous or burdensome work. So 
This basically means that if your accommodation would be a safety hazard, for example, then your employer is not required to accommodate that. Um, the immediate thing that comes to my mind from working in hospitals is that of jewelry that dangles. Um, so we can talk about that in the terms of necklaces. So my last uh, three jobs, I worked in a hospital. And a lot of the times, especially for people who have to be on the floor, so um, on unit, walking around, or like nurses and doctors, they have patient contact or they're around patients. Um, there are normally policies in place for what type of jewelry you can wear. And the policies aren't in place because they're afraid of what patients are going to say in regards to that jewelry. The policies are in place because jewelry can become a safety hazard when you work with patients who are uh, combative or who have psychiatric issues. Um, you know, I mean, you have a necklace on and that patient sees that necklace and they're combative, they can grab that necklace and they can pull on it and then it becomes a choking hazard. So those types of policies are in place for safety reasons. So I would not be able to say, but this is because of my religion, I wear my necklace because of my faith, that would still be considered a safety hazard and they are not legally required to accommodate that request. Another example of this would be if you work in retail. Um, so I know in a lot of really popular retail companies, um, there are months of the year that are what we considered um, blacked out. So I think it was from November, no, I think it was from October to January where I worked before that was considered blacked out. So what this meant was we could not take a vacation, we could not request time off, we essentially had to come in and work our schedules. Um, the only time that we didn't have to is if we were sick and we would call out sick. Um, but this is because those months in the United States are huge shopping months. People are getting ready for Christmas, there's Black Friday, and then in January you have all the people returning all of the stuff that they didn't want. So if I were to go and request um, like Samhain off, my request would probably be denied due to the higher foot traffic in the store, the higher volume of customers, and the normally it was because of a lack of staffing. Um, but if the employer can prove that giving you that time off would cost them money uh, or cost them an unnecessary amount of money or be a burden on top of your coworkers, then they don't have to accommodate you. And then lastly, there is a part of the EEOC that says an employee is not required to participate in religious activities as a condition of employment. So what this means is that your employee can't force you to go to Bible study or go to a prayer circle or to even do something as simple as bowing your head and closing your eyes before a meeting when somebody is saying a prayer. You cannot be discriminated against, you cannot be harassed, nothing of the sort. You cannot be required to participate or not participate in any form of religious practice as a condition of employment. 
So that's the bulk of the information in regards to um, the United States. Uh, I did look up some laws for the UK and Australia, and it appears that the laws for those areas mirror closely the laws of the United States. However, I am not 100% certain. So again, please make sure that you check the laws and regulations for the area that you live in to make sure that you have accurate and up-to-date information. Now that we have a, a basic understanding of the laws that protect you in the United States, what are some best practices then for encountering or dealing with religion in the workplace? My first tip is just don't talk about it. In my opinion, religion has zero place in the workplace. And this is regardless of where you work and what your religion is. Your religion and your faith is literally no one else's business. It has no effect on them. And them knowing has typically has no effect on you. I know for me, when I would go to a typical job, um, I have rules. I don't talk religion and I don't talk politics and I don't befriend any of my coworkers on social media, at least while I'm still employed there. Those are just my best practice rules and it helps keep me sane and keep me protected from the nonsense that I know can happen when people find out about specific religions and faiths. And it's no different. And if you do encounter people who start to bring up the topic, um, I know it's happened to me before where people start talking about heaven or reincarnation or ghosts and things like that, and they try to get me involved in the conversation. I have said, I'm sorry, I don't talk about religion at work, or I don't want to talk about that. Saying no should become it should become part of your vocabulary, should become part of your arsenal uh, for dealing with these kinds of situations. No is a complete sentence. You don't know anybody an explanation. The second thing that I would say is if you want to wear your religious jewelry or if you have garments and stuff that you wear for religious purposes, then wear it. Like I said, you owe no one an explanation. And if you are confronted by a superior or by a coworker, you can tell them that your rights are protected by federal law. That's all you have to say. And if your supervisor says that you have to remove it because it's a safety hazard or um, because it would cause an undue hardship, they are required to explain to you how what you're doing or what you're wearing is a, is a hardship or a safety hazard. That is a requirement for them, but it is not a requirement for you to explain your religion to other people. All you would have to do is say, nope, this is part of my religious belief. And that's it. It's as easy as that. Now, I know some people don't like confrontation. Some people don't like it when other people question them or poke at them and things like that. That's fine. But in that case, you're going to have to make the decision on your own whether or not you're going to partake and wear your jewelry or wear the garments or participate in any of the other activities that have to do with your religion and faith at work. That's going to be a personal decision. Also, don't be afraid to decorate your workspace if your job allows for it. I know some people don't have a, a workspace like a desk or an office. Some places have lockers. Um, just make sure that you're following the rules. You know, no, 
a lot of places will say no stickers, nothing permanent, etc. Um, no cursing, no vulgarity, nothing like that. So just make sure you're following the rules. But as long as the rules say you're free to decorate your workspace, decorate your workspace, make it your own and make it a place that you're comfortable going to uh, while you're at work. And then also, don't be afraid to ask for time off if you feel that you need time off to celebrate the Sabbaths. Um, for me personally, I never did just because I celebrated the Sabbaths following the uh, Celtic days, which means from sundown to sundown. So I celebrated at night and I never worked nights, so I never really had to ask for days or time off. But if you need to, if you feel the need to do that, then go for it. And as I said, you do not owe anyone an explanation. All you have to tell them to make sure that you are following the EEOC guidelines and that they know that they need to follow them. You just say, I need to request this day off for religious purposes. They're not allowed to question you. And if they do question you, you're not, you don't have to answer. You can just say, it's just for religious purposes. That's it. That's all you got to do. If anyone is found to be breaking these guidelines, there's normally um, like a chain of command in place within most employers. So first you would talk to your supervisor if your supervisor is a problem. Um, if your supervisor is the problem, you would talk to their supervisor and you would just keep going up the chain of command until you find someone who has the authority to do something. Now, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can also go to the EEOC's website. There are also um, groups like the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, and essentially what they do, it is their job to protect the civil liberties of American people. So reach out to them if you have a problem that you're not comfortable solving on your own when it comes to your employer. So all in all, I know this was a really source heavy episode, a lot of facts. Um, it didn't really focus on witchcraft, but then again, it did. This is everyday life for a lot of people and it's important that people know this. So the final thing that I have to say on this whole thing is don't be afraid to speak up. If you're experiencing harassment or discrimination, go through the channels that you need to go through to make sure that the situation is taken care of. If you were fired or think that you were passed up for a promotion or anything like that, based on your religious beliefs, go to the human resources for whatever company that is. If they don't have the human resources, reach out to the EEOC or the ACLU and they will help you. That's what they do. So I hope this information was helpful to you. I hope you heed my advice. I'm not a lawyer. Everything in this episode is based solely on my own research. So if you do need legal advice, please seek out legal counsel. Not me, not a lawyer, just which that's what I do. Um, so that's it for this episode. Stay witchy and stay safe. And I will see you in my next video. Bye for now. I want to take this time to thank my patrons over on Patreon. Thank you, Jess. And thank you, Rose, at WiccanHomestead.com. 
If you want to help support the show, join me over at Patreon at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron. 